0: You're listening to The Happiness Hub, part of the Redshift Community Podcast Network with me, Liz Parkin, and me, Kedron Elliott. Every episode we'll share top tips on how to get happy and stay happy. So listen in, get involved, and be happy. You're listening to The Happiness Hub with me, Keds, and we are on our third episode of our fourth series now, all about hidden conditions and chronic diseases. And as before, we've got some familiar voices coming to you on the podcast and we've invited some previous guests to come back on and talk about um, some different things or some similar things. So last week we had the lovely Laura Boundford talking about fibromyalgia. Very, very great podcast, really informative and lots of useful tips and hints from um, Laura and also actually... Just speaking to Laura has really raised my awareness of the condition, but also just how long it took her to get diagnosed. Nine years it was for Laura, and I thought waiting a year for MS was was tricky, but that, that's a much, much longer than me. So this week we were, we're talking about PCOS. And we have invited a previous guest on, Hannah, to come uh, back in and talk about her experience living with the condition. So, hello, Hannah. Good morning to you. Uh, hello. <laughs> this, this is a first for me. I usually record my podcast in the evening, quite late in the yeah. evening. So it's, I have to check what time it was and to say good morning. So, Hannah, um, lovely to have you back on the show. We were just chatting Thank before you. we started recording. It was December when yes. you came on, so nearly six months mm. the time gone. I know. What, what have you been up to since um we last spoke?
1: Um I've been a busy starting at the beginning of the year. We were started me and my partner started house hunting. Um, and towards the end of the second lockdown, we managed to get our first house and we've moved in, moved in, <laughs> in, in April, so we've been in about just over a month now. Um so, yes, yeah, so it's all house projects now and visits to B&Q and TK <laughs> Maxx and yeah, so much. At- we're doing the garden fence painting this weekend so <laughs> that'll be my exercise <laughs> probably for the weekend yeah.
0: but yeah so that's what's happening in my life at the moment so. that's exciting nice to be able yeah. to get into a house i mean has that been a long longer process than normal during covid or um well like- we were just it, covid helped us to save
1: really for the mortgage kind of thing it, um because obviously we weren't going out eating as much going out and spending money as much and um because previously I lived in Congton, he lived in Stockport, so we weren't travelling to see each other. We were separated a lot of the time. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, it helped us in that respect. But then because of lockdown and the stamp duty that was, due, free stamp duty that was meant to end in March, finding, a, even getting a viewing was a logistical nightmare because we'd book a view in and then it, a house would be gone in days like that. Our house that we've got now, went on set we saw it on right move on a Sunday evening we viewed it on the Tuesday and we put our offer in on the Wednesday yeah (laughs) um yeah it was just mad so there's a lot of houses we wanted to see and they were just gone in days so Mm -hmm
0: oh congratulations thank you It's very stressful but yeah we know. <laughs> it's stressful but it's exciting doing all those little touches isn't it like yeah, you say yeah, going yeah. to B&Q and yes. applying things for the house so yeah yeah that's 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 a nice highlight during a very challenging year for yeah. for everybody yeah so Hannah you've agreed to come back on and talk a bit about um your experience of living with PCOS that correct me if I'm wrong because I always get this wrong it it stands for polycystic Ovary syndrome?
1: Ovary syndrome, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so first off, tell, tell the listeners, I know you explained this in the last podcast, but if in, somebody was listening, what is PCOS? Okay, so um, it's
1: a syndrome that affects one in 10 um, women in the UK. Very common. Um, yeah, very common. Um, and it, the name is quite misleading, really. Like there's been... Dis- discussions with researchers and things to try and change the name because it suggests that it's all to do with your ovaries and that you have cysts on your ovaries which not everyone has who has PCOS so the cysts are actually um, follicle, follicles that haven't fully matured to be ovulated um, and that's what comes up on like an ultrasound scan or whatever so that's one symptom but you might, some women aren't diagnosed that way. Um, I was diagnosed young but so you can PCOS symptoms can appear at different times of life and you know it's quite hard to diagnose because there's so many varying symptoms Um, and it's a lot to do with your hormones as well and androgens and um, yeah so the main things to do with it are it can affect your fertility, weight gain, ability to lose weight um, and it it does affect your mental health and your self-esteem dramatically because uh, there's a lot of symptoms to do with hair growth, hair loss, and that affects your body image and, mm-hmm. and yeah so there's a, an array of things that it comes under
0: so, yeah yeah I th- this seems to be quite common and I'm learning actually loads uh, just even starting this this series we're only three episodes in but Laura was talking about her fibromyalgia last uh, week yeah. and there was lots of similarities between fibro and MS and again when you're talking about PCOS the time it takes to get a diagnosis seems very mm. difficult because they need to rule out absolutely everything and yes. because the symptoms vary so differently mm. from person to person is that similar with pcos it yeah can vary definitely, so differently. definitely
1: yeah so some people really struggle to get a diagnosis um especially i i'm i i did not know about pcos when i was diagnosed i was diagnosed at 17 i still not had my first period at the age of 17 so my mom was concerned and we went to the doctors had blood tests and they, they mentioned PCOS then, but wanted to confirm it with an ultrasound. So I sent to, and, and a gynaecologist actually confirmed my PCOS diagnosis. Um, but at that time, I still didn't really know what it was, but all the risks were just shoved in my face. It was a very negative appointment. Mm. Um, and I just came out thinking that I'm never going to have a child, which has been like what I've wanted to achieve in my life since I was young. Um, I work with children now. It's just a big part of my life. I, la- I love children. So yeah, the diagnosis part for me was it wasn't a struggle, but for, I know from speaking to a lot of other women, it can be, and it depends because it's so varied. Symptoms, as like I said before, symptoms vary between person to person, um, and like like they say, so many conditions are very similar, and a symptom could mean so many different things. So it's hard to diagnose. Yeah. Mm-hmm
0: what was that diagnosis process like for you we i talked briefly um laura took it was nine years and she got mm. diagnosed well she said she thinks she'd had it since she was 14 but it took her to mm. she was 23 to to get a diagnosis and again she said back then that you know wasn't there wasn't much known about it and even mm. some of the healthcare professionals she saw were like didn't even really recognize it as a yeah. as a as a disease how's that diagnosis process it sounded it, like it was quite quick, but then it, it sounds yeah, like Yeah, it was it felt there.
1: quick. Like I can't really remember the process because it was that long ago, and you know, my mum kind of helped me through it and that kind of thing. But um for someone that what didn't know what it was, I was given very little information, and other people that I've spoken to have said it's exactly the same. They were just given a generic NHS leaflet, what PCRS is, bullet points like it can affect your fertility, it could all the risks because there's a lot of like um risks of um heart disease and um it can affect your vitamin levels and all sorts of things and it's oh it was all very negative so i came out of that diagnosis basically petrified for my future and like think just thinking who's going to want to be in a relationship with me if i can't give them a child who's going to want you know that kind of thing and you it, you it makes you think very negatively about yourself and what your body can do um, And at that time I was in sixth form, so none of my, I've never heard of it, none of my friends really knew what it was, so I didn't really have anyone I knew that knew about it. And I wasn't signposted to any support or how to maintain, but how to manage my symptoms. I was just put on the combined pill to induce a period because that was my symptom at the time. Um, And it's kind of like, well, you're not trying to have a child at the moment, you're too young, come back. Then oh, that's, that's helpful. Of, that, yeah, that is the advice that a lot of women get. It's either try to lose weight or just come back when you want to try for a baby. It, there doesn't seem to be uh, consistent knowledge of, between health professionals on the broad range of symptoms that there are in PCOS. It's just, it's very focused on fertility and weight loss. And there's so much more to it.
0: Would you say yeah. that Laura talked last week about it can very much depend on who you see as your healthcare professional as well? Because Laura says she knows a lot of people. She's built up sort of this little fibro group, she says, yeah. and some people, you know, it, it's a luck of the draw in, in terms of definitely. how the doctor is, is it same with PSU. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I'm part of a,
1: um, the DAISY PCOS leadership team. So DAISY PCOS is a research project. Um, into male hormones in PCOS and the effects of those and the metabolic side of the syndrome um, and in that team there are a lot of medical professionals so endocrinologists researchers that are part of the team that are doing the research and um, but also medical students that are trained to be GPs there's GPs in in the team so we've got a lot a range of people in the team some with PCOS some not but it's so valuable for me to have that knowledge and it other experiences and people understand you and even on social media you realize how many other women are out there either struggling with something similar or just need that person to talk to I found through my journey just talking about it has helped me so much and finding other people to talk about it with that get it and um, I've met people on i've made some great friends online through um support groups then i've met them in person and like we've gone through we have celebrated things together like one of my pcs friends she's just had a baby through ivy yeah oh, um, and got to meet her the other week so that was really nice um so yeah
0: it's hard <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it does sound like a lot has changed um mm. and but i think also with with things like this particularly with probably healthcare professionals who have PCOS they're driving the way forward in raising awareness of it yeah but also like yourself like you you you're on the board like you say for, mm-hmm. for daily PSOS PCOS a lot of people who have these conditions one of our past guests uh referred to them as being her superpowers <laughs> has done something positive with that yeah um, and gone on to help raise awareness yeah so if it's okay, describe to us a little bit about what PCS has meant for you physically and also mentally. How has it impacted both those sort of areas of your life? And um, so, as I briefly said before, it, it can it affect your body image and your self esteem
1: massively. So, I have an ongoing worry about the whole fertility side of things because that's what I want. That's eventually I would like to have a family. And I just don't know what my body will be able to do. And obviously, with research and things advancing, in medicine it, they're obviously p- you get people say oh they can do anything now um, in fertility and but you just don't know and you, you've got a very negative thought process about well I have any way in my head um, and you hear some great success stories but then you hear you know people trying for years and years and just think oh that's going to be me and my body doesn't work and but yeah it's as well weight loss has been a massive challenge for me so throughout my life I've kind of struggled with my weight and over the past I don't know five years or so now I have it's been hard but I've managed to lose over six stone both through Slimming World and just doing it myself Uh, but yeah mentally has been probably the biggest challenge and now I understand PCOS more I understand how much it has affected my mental health and my self-esteem um and my confidence really so since I've spoken about my issues more it's made like even people I work with have said they've seen a massive difference in me and um, I've got that passion now to help others and raise awareness so I've trained as a Samaritan Um, I'm doing a psychology and counselling degree with the Open University Um, so yeah it's just brought a lot of good things to my life but yeah a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety yeah and symptoms seem to come and go and you don't there's a lot of mood swings with pcs as well because of hormone unbalanced hormone levels and yeah
0: (laughs) a mind (laughs) field i mean uh you know again you've gone on to use some of those experiences that you've had to help others and that's quite a a common sort of story but i think what you said there about talking to people is invaluable Mm -hmm. and it's very difficult and when laura and i were talking we were saying like you don't want to bore your friends and your family by talking about this condition all the time but then again there's that balance isn't there about talking to people but also finding people who got the symptoms as well or the disease yeah. who really get it mm. what other other things so obviously finding people online and I know you're very active on Instagram as well has really mm. helped you with your mental health during the, this whole time um exercise really so previously
1: when I did live at home with my mum and dad I and I wasn't in control of my mental health and you know how it affected me I would spend a lot of time in my room comfort eating emotional eating binge eating and um, not really I used to be I used to do a lot of dancing before I went to university every Saturday morning I'd help teach the younger ones at my dance school and that was kind of my exercise so then over university when that wasn't happening I did put a lot of weight on and that's when I would. I also first went on the pill with my PCOS diagnosis. So there was a lot of changes in my lifestyle and in my health that affected my weight. So yeah, there's been a lot of ups and downs, um, and I've forgotten what the question was. (laughs) (laughs)
0: And it was about what you personally do personally do for your mental health. Personally, yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) so, yeah, exercise
1: has really helped. So after university, and yeah. kind of noticing my depression and going to the doctors um, and focusing more on me I realized I needed to be more active as well so that's been a massive part of how I've managed my both my condition and my mental health and it it just we I've seen you running you you do a like it helps your mood it helps how you feel it you know it it does I've, a lot of good stuff yeah yeah,
0: yeah. but I also yeah. know that um sometimes it's it can be a struggle to to get the motivation to get oh, yeah, out there yeah. to do it, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. it um, you, you know that you're going to feel better after you've done it but sometimes exactly. just getting that foot out the door can be yeah can be hard yeah and again with
1: um the self-esteem and, and the body image type things going to a gym for some women it's just unthinkable mm-hmm. and you know but they set like just going for a lot an extra long dog walk I find it really helps me just like I am missing my dog that I had because she stayed with my mum and dad Um, and I'm missing that because she kind of motivated me to get out Mm -hmm. and go get outdoors and so I haven't really been for a proper long walk since I've moved house Mm -hmm. Um, and but I'm excited because my mum and dad are about to move house so the dog's coming for a sleepover for a few (laughs) days (laughs) so I'll get out with her then um so yeah and I love swimming I've done um I actually fundraised for variety the uk charity in the past and did a outdoor swim in windermere did the north swim um that's something that really helped I, but being in water swimming is something that bring, just brings some sort of calm to me and it helps my mental health um if i won the lottery i'd live by the sea Oh, yes. <laughs> I have to live by the sea. yeah i remember
0: yeah. i remember you saying on the previous podcast now thinking back because mm. uh, something that uh is there's a lot of people are doing now isn't it outdoors mm-hmm, and swimming. Yeah. I think you sent me a couple of links to places yes, that do it yeah. but I haven't got around to doing it I need to get no. myself a decent wetsuit no it, yeah I need to get a new wetsuit
1: Mine, mine's too big now which is nice to say I don't think <laughs> I don't to say that especially for a wetsuit but um yeah so it is and there's a massive actually outdoor swimming community loads of people do it like you say and there's well some people do wild swimming don't go anywhere yeah. but there are like places that Go meet up weekly and go to specific locations. But
0: yeah, and again, I think that's another way of making sure that you're getting out and doing something. Mm -hmm. So whether you're going out with your your pet, I knew there was something uh, missing from this podcast today. (laughs) Last time (laughs) he was in the background, wasn't he? Yes, you are. (laughs) Uh, Or getting a friend to to go out with you because then you're like less likely Mm -hmm. to cancel, aren't you? Because you're like, well, Mm -hmm. I've made a. It's funny, isn't Mm -hmm. it? We make we make commitments to other people, but not to ourselves. yeah it's true. Um, so there's, there's lots of things that you mentioned and I think um when I was doing a bit of research before we came on the podcast just looking at just the general things that anybody everybody can do for their mental health is going to help with yours what mm-hmm. um kind of things would you recommend for people to to go and find uh find help online what where's some of the good websites now you talked about um Daisy and you sent me a few links which we'll put in the podcast notes but where, where else if somebody's just been newly diagnosed what's what's the best piece of advice that you've got for them
1: yeah i would definitely recommend um, the uk pcs charity verity so they um, raise awareness of pcs but they also have support groups so i i think i'm still part of they have facebook support groups so you can put a question on there or an experience and someone will have had something similar or be able to say oh this happened to me or have you asked this have you asked your doctor this question or you know and it just makes you feel so less alone and you realize how many other women are out there and you because really it's an invisible health condition you wouldn't know I have PCOS and you know you can't you wouldn't be able to look at another woman and say oh she's got PCOS I know you know it's um so yeah talking to people is just finding there's a lot of varied information and it can scare you on the internet like everything else yes. um and you so you've got to find the right information I try and find stuff that UK research and UK information because um, there's a lot of American stuff out there and you just don't know what's it's hard to I know it's hard to pick what's researched and what's not on, that kind of thing
0: so Laura mentioned a bit about fibro and I, I, I don't think I've, I found a little bit about MS, but she was saying that, you know, like it's, it can be confusing anyway, because when mm-hmm. I first diagnosed with MS, there was, you, you do don't you? The first place mm-hmm. you do is you go and have a look in the internet and it, it's just, it can be overwhelming. Yeah. But also she was saying that like in, in the U S there might be different treatments and different drugs or drugs are named differently out there. So, mm-hmm. um, she said, she said she joined every, uh, fibro facebook group that was going but then yeah. had to remove herself from quite a lot exactly. of exactly yeah. yeah
1: yeah yeah it can become negative if you and obviously people do want to share their problems and it does help but then if you, you've constantly got that negative mindset on your health condition it's going to impact you um, you've got to keep positive and know what suits you because like I say every woman with PCOS is different and what's going to work for one person isn't going to work for another Um and you've got to be mindful of that I think.
0: Yeah and I think it's it's finding out what's right for you because like you say everybody's different so what's going to work for you might not work for somebody else but it, it's trying things isn't yeah. it? Yeah yeah definitely. I was just wondering because we, we, we talked a little bit about it before we came on just about supplements and alternative therapies because I think mm-hmm. sometimes um, things like yoga and I think when I was looking at PCOS somebody there was there was a website talking about acupuncture but again it has to be right for people mm. is there any kind of alternative things that you do or you consider alternative to help manage your symptoms or your, your mental health now?
1: Um, I'm just like I say I'm very passionate about m- the mental health side of things and again talking about it Um I do take vitamin D and vitamin B12 12 every day because i do have low levels um of those um i'm due an annual review actually we'll, we'll be having all my blood tests done again so who knows what <laughs> they'll reveal but um yeah i would you know avoid compare that's what i would say is avoid comparing yourself to others um everyone's ability speed of being able to weight lose weight or maintain weight is going to be different like slimming world uh, you can compare yourself to someone you know loses nine stone in 12 months or whatever and that's just with PCOS that's just not going to happen it's taken me four or five years to lose six and a half stone and that's gone up and down and you know it's really hard and it is for anyone to lose weight I get that um but yeah it's comparing yourself is, to other people it can really yeah. have a negative effect on so many aspects of your life um and sometimes you've got to just think about yourself. And so I do try and do a lot of self-care um, and just taking time out for me. Often I've got just taken too much on and I just know when I've done that and my mood's terrible, my, my PCOS symptoms are worse. Um, I don't have that motivation to go and exercise because I don't have the time. Because So, yeah, it's just knowing when to stop and take time for yourself as well.
0: I think that that's a really valid point that is because sometimes when we're busy quite often we put ourselves to the bottom of the pile so it's yeah. it's a constant thing isn't it it's constantly yeah. kind of raising awareness of that and kind of checking yeah. in with yourself to see right, where am I at with all these yeah. different things going on and how's it impacting my mm. physical and my mental health mm. too mm. It's, it's it's an ongoing thing it is something yeah. that you've got to maintain isn't yeah. it <laughs> definitely yeah. um and I suppose the other thing is, like you say, you're going for your blood test soon. So mm-hmm. your symptoms with PCOS and how your body is working are, can vary throughout your lifetime. It might be exactly, different yeah. um, another five, ten years down the line. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. So one of the symptoms as well is acne. And I, as a, a teenager, I didn't really struggle with spots or anything. But the past six months, as you can see, I've got some lovely spots on my chin. And I'm struggling with acne at the moment, which I thought I'm 31 now, you know, I, that's the last thing i was expecting to be a symptom at this age but yeah you, and and again you don't know what is your pcos and what's something else whether it's yes. I have ibs as well and allergies so i don't know whether it's my sensitive skin reacting to a particular food or whether it's so hard to understand but yeah knowing having to, other people's stories to fall back on and experiences and advice is so helpful
0: Yeah, that's one of the things that I found when I was first diagnosed. Because I think, although it took me a year to get a proper diagnosis, I think I've had MS for quite a long time. (laughs) And you do do that with with anything is you kind of sit down and think, right, well, you know, this happened, or I feel like this, or this is going on. And is that is that IMS? Is that mm. something that's causing that, or is it something? still mm. And you can drive yourself absolutely bonkers because you're yeah. always looking for a reason why you feel like this. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Th- I know I'm going off topic a little bit, but did you watch that Davina McCall um yes. documentary about yes. menopause? Uh. It was, it was a real eye opener for me. One of the things that really, really struck me, because uh, again, you know, it's hormones, isn't it? And they talk mm. about all the different things. But she was saying, like, in the olden days. After women had the menopause, they died. Yeah. <laughs> like, in <laughs> Thank God we yeah. moved on. Uh, you know, no, it like was no. Yeah. But talking about things like acne and mm. things, again, it's all, all to do with your hormones, isn't it? And mm. how. These things can kind of come back when you start going through the menopause, and it's a bit like going yeah. through puberty again. Yeah. And people how, that don't,
1: sorry, sorry people that yeah. don't know about PCOS do assume that it's just to do with fertility and gynecology type syndrome, which it is. There are, are massive factors in there, but, and they're in the media, especially in program, even weight loss programs and things like that. If PCOS is mentioned, it's all on weight loss and fertility. And you don't hear about the other effects of it and the mental health and the skin conditions and the hair loss. You know, every time I have a shower, I pull out handfuls of hair. But then you, a lot of women with PCOS also have hair growth on their face um, and other, on the back and other areas of the body. And, you know, people don't know that about PCOS
0: mm-hmm.
1: or they don't even, a lot of people don't know what it is, so yeah, and the number of times someone said PCA, PCSO instead of PCOS.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, that, again, people get confused <laughs> with things, don't they? Yeah, well, like, I, was, um, I was talking to uh, one of my, Liz's friends who's who's got MS, because when you get diagnosed, I don't know if it's the same thing with you, but uh, lots of people said to me, oh, I've got a friend or a family member that mm. has MS and introducing. you yeah. to them. And that was one of the best because I was in a complete whirlwind and I sat down and talked to and him. She says, yeah, a lot of people kind of think because you're not in a wheelchair or you're going to end up in a wheelchair or they thought I had Emmy or mm-hmm. all, that, all that sort of thing. Nobody kind of really knew. And, and to be fair, I didn't really know that much about MS before I was diagnosed. Like you were yeah. saying you didn't know that much about PCOS, but why would you? Because you were what 14 when you um, six, 16, 17. yeah. yeah. And you, don't, you don't kind of don't think about things like that at no. like that sort of age. Um anything else? Because I think I've I've asked you all my questions. You've been very good <laughs> answering those quite concisely. Is there anything else you want to add that would really help people with PCOS? And you know, if they wanted to become an ambassador like you're doing, how could people get involved? And
1: yeah, so the Daisy PCOS like it is a research study and they are still researching so if you go on um, daisypcos.com you can find out more about what the study is about and you can email them and they will see if you are eligible to take part if you might not know if you have pcos or if you are p- diagnosed pcos um, and they're doing research in birmingham and other sites um in, in the uk so yeah you can take part in research verity also up- use their blog and things to update. People on research going on and things like that, and PCOS vitality really advocate for PCOS and health inequality and um, the treatment of PCOS. So I would advise looking at PCOS vitality as well. Um, all of these are on Instagram and Facebook as well. I don't know how, how updated the websites are compared to social media. I tend to use them on social media rather than the websites. But yeah, I just recommend not re- not believing everything you read. First off, not comparing yourself to other people, so easily and taking time, taking time to you know look after your own body as well as looking after other people. You've got to think of
0: yourself. Absolutely. I yeah. yeah. uh, will link to your Instagram because you're quite active on Instagram yes. about like uh, some of the things that you do. Because you were doing some on, an online event not that long ago, weren't you? When it was Women's Health Week. Yeah. So that
1: was with the Daisy PCS teams. So we're just trying to engage with the community really and, it, it, and raise awareness of PCS, um, but we want to know more about what people think would help us to do that and what sort of events would help. So obviously at the moment with COVID, we're just doing online webinars and things. We can't be out there in the community, but we'd like to do stuff like that in the future. So yeah. Yeah. Just my, my Instagram is Hannah, Hannah's journey, PCOS weight loss. <laughs> but I talk about, it's not just weight loss focused. It's, you know, all my PCOS symptoms that people, other women with PCOS just message me and they are, your page has helped me so much to realize it I'm not it's not just me kind of thing um so yeah it's nice
0: yeah and pictures of the dog pictures of the dog yeah (laughs) Yeah. and swimming (laughs) that's always going to get people's attention yeah and And now it's
1: house pictures as well things I bought for the house
0: (laughs) um what what we've asked all i guess because it is a happiness hub as well wanted to ask i know obviously the house is going to be a big thing for you but what's been making you happy this year so far i think
1: it is okay that the house is probably is a big thing for me and like you know it's been a massive goal for years um and having my own space now it's great and um, but as well i think the change in me that it's seen as well and my confidence and in my work as well, so I work with young people, and I've been working from home. Engaging with young people is hard, but like everyone's been in a hard situation, haven't they? Um, and I think I, I've had my ups and downs. And uh, you know, when I was going through the house hunting process, and I, as anyone knows, that's moved house, it's a really stressful that's experience. Struggling. And I struggled quite a lot then with my mental health and had to have a few days off sick at work because I just took too much on and I had a bit of a you know what, a yeah a bit of a meltdown <laughs> um so yeah but I've come out the other side and I'm taking things slowly we're not trying to do everything at once and you know you've got to know like I keep saying know when when your body needs to you need to listen to your body basically mm.
0: so, yeah moving house can be stressful never mind during the yes. pandemic and all that yeah. kind of stuff and you kind of want everything to be perfect straight away yeah, but it's yeah. a it's a bit of a work in progress a bit like a journey like your instagram account is (laughs) exactly
1: yeah yeah so and yeah probably again the mission for me recently has been maintaining my weight loss um with that stress and trying not to get get getting back into those comfort eating um, behaviors and things which i did at first when i first moved because you just don't have the time (laughs) or you know takeaways and stuff and we were eating what we wanted but yeah i'm back on track now and yeah. I'm proud of myself for not putting all the weight back on
0: <laughs> I think I think that's been a factor for lots of people during lo- mm. lockdown is is kind of a weight a weight sort of thing and um I think the biggest thing because because Laura talked about it quite a bit because of her um fibro she didn't realise when she was younger just how much her weight impacted her symptoms as well yeah. but i think the biggest thing is just not to be so hard on yourself and mm. i could tell when i was talking to laura last week because she's a slimming world consultant mm. you're, you almost feel like there's an extra bit of pressure on there because you should yeah. have this all tied up and you should know how to be yeah. keep, keep the weight off but you know we're not robots no no um so yeah so big kudos to, to to anybody who's struggling with you know with their weight and and not going back to being where they are but yeah. if, if you have let things slip just really do be kind to yourself mm. and know that you can get back there and asking for help as well because again with weight loss you know I know you did fantastically your swimming well, but doing it on your on your own is hard as mm. well
1: yeah So yeah, doing it with,
0: with a group of like-minded people that will jimmy you along and give you lots of mm. food ideas and um yeah you know stuff like that is is really valuable because i i know that when i first joined slimming world having never never been at a weight loss club before it, mm. that's always a little bit nerve wracking daunting <laughs> i <laughs> yeah. always get a little bit of slimming world uh, in the, in uh, in my <laughs> podcast So <laughs> yeah. it's been lovely to talk to you and catch up Hannah yeah, thanks um, I for having do, me that's quite all right um Mm -hmm. I um I do follow you quite avidly on yeah in Instagram because I like seeing all your pictures of because you upload quite lots of pictures of food which I like to have a (laughs) look at and and dogs and And recipes (laughs) um but yeah maybe like I said to Laura third time lucky would you be willing to come back on at some point in the future yeah of course of course talk about all the fantastic stuff that you're doing I know that you um Uh, volunteering uh for samaritans in fact marie Mm -hmm. mentioned you the other day yes i finally
1: met her in person
0: (laughs) (laughs) which is lovely and she does loads of great stuff for samaritans but you said you studying psychology
1: psychology with counseling yeah so i'm just about it's a six year degree because i'm doing it part-time whilst working full-time so it's just a module a year basically Mm -hmm. um so i've got i'm going into my it it would be the uni final year really. I've got two more years. So I've got two level three modules to do. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm interested and wondering what to do my dissertation on, whether it'll be PCOS focused and mental health, or whether I'd go more with my working route and young people. Um yeah.
0: When we spoke last and you were just starting on your journey with that with that psychology qualification, you didn't mm. really know what you were going to do with it. Have you had any more mm. thoughts about what that might lead to or you still kind still of open
1: no. to <laughs> not really I, I really did it because of my passion for mental health I am enjoying the more the more counselling and mental health modules and that I would like to, to do something around mental health because I won't be a trained counsellor at the end of the degree mm. um so that is an option but I don't, I don't think I want to do further studying after I want to get out there and do something with it so we'll see
0: yeah I think they're great skills to have in any mm. anything that you're doing you know people skills and being there to listen to people active listening and all that kind of great yeah. stuff what's been great for me um like doing the podcast is meeting lots of people different people that have different skill sets so like you know listening yeah. to people who've got like hypnotherapists or we've had like mm. a quite few like people who've done like mind coaching in NLP um mm. and in fact I've enrolled for an online NLP course because Liz oh yeah talks yeah, about it quite do, a lot yeah. yeah and I haven't done that well I've done the first module and passed but I haven't done nothing else with it. <laughs> but it, 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 I think this is all like strings to your bow and, and, mm, and definitely you know whatever you do in the future you can use all of these different things you've learned to mm-hmm. you know use as your t- tool toolkit
1: well, that's it I try I when I originally went to uni after school I did trained as a primary school teacher and because of the effects on my mental health at the time I decided to leave teaching but I still use a lot of that knowledge because a lot of you know the psychology around it all and I still work with young people and the ways of you know differentiating learning I work with young people with disabilities so you've got to differentiate things to, to adapt and be flexible for so many different needs and that's so I still use that a lot um and i think i'll it'll always be used
0: yeah interesting stuff that's a whole different (laughs) podcast i think yes (laughs) right so it's lovely to talk to you hannah good um, luck with um finishing off your house bits and bobs Thank you. I look forward to getting me um the housewarming invite. Yeah. I know,
1: yeah. <laughs> no, we want um, to have a barbecue. but We haven't got a barbecue
0: yet. Oh, well, <laughs> I was I was speaking to my uh my my bold boss at North Stass Mind, and she's just bought a house in lockdown as well and I was saying I'm looking forward to the housewarming. Just just joking with her. Yeah. And she goes, "Oh, I'm having a barbecue." I said, "Oh, I'm inviting a vegan to the barbecue. about <laughs> so was welcome as a fart in the space." Anyway. <laughs> I might cut that out of the podcast, don't yeah. know. <laughs> my terrible <laughs> jokes so uh thank you so much Hannah lovely to catch thank up with you, you. I definitely yeah. would love to have you back on again in the future series and yeah. um I'll link all your details in the um in the show notes and did you say you're happy to answer questions from people with PCOS yeah, people yeah, you already yeah. on Instagram yeah yeah. yeah, definitely and yeah. um, that would be fabulous and I'm sure a lot of people found that um u- useful to talk to to someone who's experienced what they're going through so yes. great yeah, thank you You're listening to The Happiness Hub, part of the Redshift Community Podcast Network, with me, Liz Parkin, and me, Kedron Elliott. Every episode, we'll share top tips on how to get happy and stay happy. So listen in, get involved, and be happy.